All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hangout Talks. Today, we have a Kemi Sutsui Kunitake, and she's a Yonsei artist based in Denver, Colorado. Her work has themes of whimsicality, adventure, and magic with a Japanese cultural lens. Aside from illustration, Akemi is a dedicated karate athlete and instructor at her family's Colorado Budokan right here in Colorado. And with over 20 years of karate experience, she is a member of the USA Karate Team, member of Kata. Woo! That, that, that was long. That was good. That was a really good intro, too. Let's welcome Akemi. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, that was very energetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trent nailed it. Trent nailed it. Oh, I was like, man. man, he's gonna struggle a little bit, but he he did it. I know. Now that we got to jinx it, uh, <laughs> that that was. It, I always like to be challenged on those. And Akemi, uh, man, we we I've known Akemi for some years now. Uh, I can't remember what year it was. Um, I don't know if you remember. It was through Miss Aiko. I think it's 2013. Um, 2013. Wow. Like, yeah, yeah. Like so the year since, after I graduated high school. Oh wow! There you go. In 2013. I still remember when she went on stage because during Miss Aiko, they always perform a talent portion. Uh, and I was part of the talent chair helping. And But there was not much I needed to do, but because Akemi came in and she, this is what I'm going to do. I have the music and this is what I'm going to do. Perfect. Made my job easy. And I still remember she was in rehearsal and we were just kind of hanging out. She had on, and your uniform is called? It's a gi or a dogi. But yeah, there you go. I didn't want to say it's just a outfit uniform, but mm-hmm. she took one swipe and everybody just dead silence in the whole auditorium. They were like, whoa, like caught their attention because it was so powerful. Um, I still remember that moment, but oh, wow. welcome. Thank yeah, you. yeah, That's of course. Good, like first impression or, or like, <laughs> way, way to be remembered. Yeah. That's a good impression. I know, I, I think I know you through Dragon Boat. Because I think your parents and your family always perform at Colorado Dragon Boat. Yeah. I ran, yeah. I ran the Gateway to Asia stage for, I don't know how long, four, six years almost. Yeah, we always do um, usually Dragon Boat Festival and the Cherry Blossom Festival and do demos there. Um, it's kind of like, we don't do a lot of demos, but we try and still be involved in um, like, community and cultural events um, mm. that are relevant and important to to our dojo and to our mission. So, yeah. Yeah. No, you guys always do a great job. And I think you're one of the bigger crowds that and bigger martial, art, mar, martial arts groups that I got really close to, especially I think I talked to your mom a lot whenever. Oh, yeah. You guys, you guys, are, you guys <laughs> are there. Everything person for the yeah. dojo. <laughs> <laughs> And talking about your balance of careers too, as well. I, I know within the introduction, it was a Yonsei artist and karate. Um, how did all this begin? Oh, so this is like a really long story. Um, <laughs> so um, I would say in my entire life, which is still not very long, but um, <laughs> from the very beginning, there was three kind of tracks that, um, I look back on that are very, um, it's, it's pretty obvious what, um, what I was doing there. <laughs> um, so one is ethnic studies, which is what I got my degree in. Um, the other was art and the third was karate. So all three of those things sort of simultaneously came up at the same time. 
Um, I started training in karate under my, my father, uh, who um, we had our dojo and everything. So I started training at three years old. And then as soon as I could start like drawing at all with a pencil um, or holding something, um, that's when I started drawing. And as far as ethnic studies, it was always like a childhood interest of mine um, in uh, different cultures um, and a little bit of political science, a little bit of anthropology sort of stuff. And uh, my Japanese American culture was always very, um, very important to my parents that I was raised with. So everything sort of started like, like three years, two or three years old <laughs> of age. Um, my mom especially was really good at nurturing different things that she noticed I was um, like, I had an inclination towards. So in middle school, um, I got into Denver School of the Arts for um, visual arts. That was my major there for um, seven years. So sixth to 12th grade. And that, the way that school functions is that you have a major sort of like you do in college. And alongside all of your other academics, you spend extra amount of time developing that, uh, that field or that art. And so I was trained in different uh, mediums and drawing for that period of time. And, um, and meanwhile, I'm still like doing the karate thing. I'm still uh, interested in other cultures and stuff. And then I think 2010, 2010 um, I was invited to go to a grassroots training camp in, um, at the Olympic Training Center for karate. And that was the first time I think when, when I went, I was, I was just sort of, you know, continuing to do karate and stuff. It was just like a constant in my life. And then when I went to this thing, I was like, oh, well, and like in, I received recognition from other instructors and former uh, US team coaches and stuff. I was like, oh, you have, you have a lot of potential. You should like having us compete against each other a little bit and stuff in that camp. And it's like, you're, you're really pretty good. And so I was like, okay. And then I, I kind of had, a starting interest in competition at that point. Um, same time, um, we were asked in high school to create a portfolio of uh, pieces in case we wanted to at attend art schools um, post, post high school. Um, and my focus for that project was on uh, Asian American identity and different uh, experiences of Asian Americans. Um, so you can see kind of everything sort of coming up same time. And then uh, college, I uh, started in uh, fine art and then I transferred to the ethnic studies department when I could um, and began more seriously focusing on competition and karate. Um, I would say all of these things sort of were coming up, but I wasn't pursuing like art and karate as heavily as ethnic studies because uh, I had a certain kind of perception of what I think I thought I needed to look, my art needed to look like or what my kata needed to look like. And I was just like, you know what, at, at this point, I don't think I'm gonna like cut it for those kinds of careers. Um, 
And so those took a back burner a little bit until um, I went to Japan for like four years. Oh, no, sorry, not four years. That would have been awesome. But four months um, in 2017 um, with my then fiance. And I, that period of time was very like formative for me. I think it was, um, I was like, I'm going to see if I can really do this karate thing. If I can't um, train full time, um, like I think I should be doing, I, I think it's probably not the route um, for me. Um, and I hadn't before had a period of time like that where I had no school to focus on, no other, no work to focus on. I could just train. Um, and so I spent those four months and I was training intensively and I came out of that experience um, kind of reflecting on what I had seen there and what I was doing. Um, and the way... Uh, Japanese athletes train for karate is very different than like other countries and stuff. So they start at their dojos or whatever when they're children and stuff. And then they get to like middle school and then high school, um, they actually can be on a team. So just like any other team sports. And then from there, they go into college um, and they kind of get uh, not drafted, but what's, what's the term? Um, <laughs> when scouted, I guess. Okay, um, I, was scouted. Say, I was about to say selected, but then that, that would have been yeah, yeah. So not right. Is, yeah, so colleges select them to compete for their uh, their university. Oh, I was right. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. I thought scouted was selected. good. I was like, yeah, I okay. thought it was scouting too, because they do actually do do like kind of like those <laughs> auditions where they're like, oh, like you're it. Well, we'll we scouted you out kind of. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, that's like all of high school and college, you're like intensively already focusing on this thing. And if you don't make it by the time you graduate college, you're done. You're not, <laughs> uh, you're not going to be a professional athlete, go on and study some other field and get a job in that. Um, so I had already graduated um, undergrad and I was kind of like, looking around at um, just how the Japanese system worked for karate. And I was like, I feel like I'm actually super behind. And uh, honestly, some, a lot of the top level athletes in the US, they didn't get scouted or anything, but that's sort of the kind of rigor that they had been under for that many years with a competition focus. So I was like, well, I need to get all of my like shit together <laughs> uh, within like two, like one or two years if I'm going to pursue this thing. Um, and uh, then I, I started doing my undergrad, uh, not my undergrad, I started doing grad school, but like something about it um, in addition to some like family things, it was like, I just really don't want to be doing this. I, I want to do my art in the way that I want to do it, not in the kind of, uh, I don't know, like pre-made like, concept of what it should look like um, or what mentors and, and other people had, have told me, oh, you're really good at portrait art. Um, you're really, 
Like not a lot of people can do that. Not a lot of people can do realistic portraits. So you should do that. But that's not really what I wanted to do. So that's kind of why I put that on the back burner. And similarly with the karate, I thought I should be doing it a certain way. So I put that on the back burner. But after a while of just not even doing either of those things in the way I wanted to, I was like, I'm going to pull out of grad school. I can't do that anymore. And I'm going to focus on the art and the karate full time. Um, yeah. So that's <laughs> a, a long, long story that because it, I mean, it spans like my whole lifetime. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a good story because I mean, like not a lot of people have like a story like that to tell, like, you know, like a lot of us kind of come from that background where we just okay, there's this path that's just set before you. Someone told you that you had to go that way. So you're like, mm -hmm. okay, like you're, you're in their perspective, you were good. So mentally you tell yourself, I'm probably good at that. And you all, you go through it your whole life. And then all of a sudden you have that midlife crisis, right? Where you're like, oh no, like, I, I don't think I, <laughs> I like to do this at all. And you're in your like mid thirties and you start freaking out. Mm -hmm. I think like good that you have that story where you actually kind of explored that while you had the chance still and you're understanding like this is probably not what I want but let's take a step back and then see if it works out and then yeah I'm glad you were able to find that balance between yeah. your life yeah it's um I was really fortunate that I think the like my passions or my talents or what however you want to phrase it, um, and that I was de decently good at them, start, I found them so young. Um, and it was just sort of a matter of continuing to pursue them. And it was only in, I, like I got in my own way <laughs> rather than um, I think some other people telling me uh, you should do certain things. I mean, I did listen to them. Um, because I respected them and they were my mentors, but they sort of just like moved it slightly in a different path than getting it totally off track. Um, so yeah, I was very lucky. Yeah, no, that's, that totally makes sense. Like speaking of like that balance and stuff, how do you think your right now your karate and your art kind of like mixed together? How do they, do they play into each other or do you still keep them kind of like two separate entities? Um, yeah, so the way I approach them, I think is very similar, um, kind of the mentality behind it. Um, so I guess to understand this too, the kind of karate that I compete in, or rather the division that I compete in is called kata. So it's not a uh, kumite, which is sparring that you're actually, um, you know, it's a lot more improvisational in the sense that you have to react to another person. Kata is a lot more, um, you know, not saying that kumite athletes don't prepare ahead of time, but what you work on in kata in training is should be <laughs> exactly what you present in competition. Um, so it's forms, there are katas that have been present for like hundreds of years and it's you're presenting it in competition um, using the same exact movements that have been around for forever um, but the individuality comes from the athleticism and the spirit that you bring to the um, 
to the mat. Um, so there's, I have in my mind a specific way that I want it to look like when I compete. And then from, from there, I begin to train to get it to that point. Similarly with my art, um, some people are very into the process of making art and they're like, oh, okay, you know, I'll just see where this piece takes me. I'm totally not that way. <laughs> I have a image in my head and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to execute that. And um, so it's kind of generating some sort of a final product mentally and then working on getting it to that point um, that I take to both my art and my karate. Um, and I think actually the more uh, maybe tangible to other people um, connection between the two is that uh, ethnic studies part that I didn't pursue in terms of a career. So both are very tapped into uh, Japanese and Japanese American culture and, um, and symbolism. Um, so I did a, a little article for another, another publication and I was talking about my Japanese American identity and how it relates to, um, to my career. And for me, the karate is like, kind of like my culture in motion. Um, you know, you're a living embodiment of the, like the experiences and the history of, uh, of karate and of Japanese culture. And then the art is more like representation um, and having uh, an Asian or a Japanese narrative um, in art, I suppose. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that would be how they kind of relate. No, that's awesome. I, and I love that you brought up, you have your own ways of approaching things, right? Some are just like, let, let it be spontaneous. Let's, uh, it will come to me after I start going, but you have a goal and you're, I'm going to execute this like right on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's awesome. <laughs> and I remember speaking of article, we collaborated on Mr. Goodall about roughly two years ago. And it was talking about mental preparation. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is called ties in because uh, I'm in a dance crew. So that that's a huge part when you go into competition. And of course, the Kemi competes at one of the highest level, if not the highest level out there with the USA team. And there was five steps, but uh, there was one that always stood out or actually there's all of us stood out. What am I? I'm, I'm like lying here. Uh, all of us stood out for sure. And commit to the struggle. I found that relatable to what we're talking about. Cause when you say commit to the struggle, have an honest look at yourself and take responsibility for the past and accept the journey except that the journey will be hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really cool. And I think how you take responsibility, right? Take responsibility where you want to go in your trajectory, where your goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I, I feel like that's how, that taking responsibility is very connected to my, my career path in terms of like, you know, I, I could say like my mentors, uh, directed me towards this thing. And I was, I, I just went with it, but like, that's not really true. You know, you make a decision and you have to say, well, you know, it was my choice to, <laughs> to get off what other 
path that I thought I should be on or it's I'm myself and like my family and how I was raised is we're very we're big believers in human agency I suppose um and like being able to make a choice and I think that I'm so lucky to being of East Asian descent um I think it's because I'm multi-generational um and just how my parents are that I was never told uh, you have to be a doctor or you have to um, like be an engineer or something. Or I hear a lot too, oh, you have to marry somebody of this background. And ironically, I did marry somebody who's of a similar ethnic background, but that was never something that was put on me. Um, <laughs> but I was like super lucky that I was given the flexibility to make my own choices. Um, and then when my parents saw kind of what I wanted to do, they sort of kind of kept pushing me in that way. Speaking of that, I know you were living in Hawaii for some times. Uh, yeah, well, not living, but I would go semi-frequently. Yeah. Like I, I understand long distance relationship. And how was that though? Cause Hawaii and Colorado that, that that travel is totally different mm -hmm. yeah I, maybe it's uh this speaks to an ability to stick with things for a very long <laughs> time under certain like kind of difficult circumstances yeah so I met my husband uh and um like we went on one date and it went really badly and then like three months later, like we kind of hit each other up again. It was like, hey, do you want to go on another date? So we went on a date and then I like, kind of saw each other every day for a month. And then, but he was planning on moving back to Hawaii. So after a month he moved. <laughs> and then uh, it was pretty much like, uh, didn't see each other for three months at a time. And uh, then he got into grad school and we didn't see each other for six months at a time. And then we got married. <laughs> so, um, but it's just kind of like, yeah, committing to this struggle and knowing it's gonna be hard. And then you once you kind of commit, you're like, yeah, no, this is what I expected. This is not, this is what I signed up for. So it's okay. I knew it was gonna be difficult. Kind of keeping with that consistency too. I mean, we talked every day um, on like Skype or Facebook Messenger um, for at least two or three hours. Um, it's kind of like training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, and I think that's a valuable lesson or a valuable just insight on how it and what it takes uh, to kind of keep it going. And I'm curious, what was your favorite food out in Hawaii when you did visit? Food? Yeah. We're big, Ooh. big foodie. So, oh, yeah. Big yeah. foodies. Um, I really like uh, uh, poke. Um, what's awesome about that is that um, the grocery stores have it stocked like all the time. And, oh, there you go. Yeah, so awesome. it's it's not like over here you have these poke places and you have to go to a poke place to get it. And usually it's not like real poke because it's not it's like frozen fish that like then you choose the sauce and then they drizzle it on part of like good poke is that it's been marinated in the sauce so it picks up the flavor uh, i was about to say like colorado poke doesn't do justice to hawaiian ones i haven't been to hawaii but a friend made it for me and i'm like okay it's totally it's very different yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd say that and just availability of like fresh raw fish. <laughs> People don't like that. I can understand like why that's not ideal. It's also nice just to have that abundance of, um, Asian food, um, around, um, and that it's normal and you're not going to get like flack for eating it. <laughs> true. true. Very true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, speaking of like we're going back to the kind of like that discipline and kind of that you're always pushing and committing to something like when people say of the word like discipline and control like what does that that mean to you because i know sometimes when you someone says discipline they're like okay i have to you know do this for a certain amount of time but really like it's actually committing yourself right you're like okay I'm disciplined enough that I'm going to do this the rest of my life. I'm going to continue doing this for whatever it takes, no matter in the circumstance. Mm -hmm. um, for me, the word discipline is a means to get what I want, I guess. <laughs> I, I did a like another seminar, um, like I was taking the seminar because the title of it just really appealed to me. It was like discipline is pleasure. Um, and which sounds like very BDSM E, but it's not. It, it was totally. We were going to say. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it was about let's, let's get going on that topic. <laughs> um, no, so that like, it's very hard to achieve what you want if you're not disciplined about it. And it's, um, and you know, it might be for shorter periods of time, um, but I think it's a little bit more of a mindset about how you live your life or how you can um, can pursue things. Um, and it also is like, well, if I'm going to give myself a little break, then I'm like, a, I'm being conscious about that. And then I'm, I'm back on track. It's not like, oh, okay, like I'm going to do a, new year's resolution going to the gym for like really intensely for one week and then oh i've worked so hard for this one week i'm gonna sleep in and i'm gonna eat all this ice cream and then i'm never going back to the gym and it just kind of like plummets so if you have a like reasonable and consistent approach to discipline and also understanding that it's not like self-punishing but it's just kind of like committing to the struggle, committing to the grind, like anything else, like approaching it like it's your job or your, um, I don't know, like something regular that you have to do. Mm -hmm. um, or even better, not have to do, but want to do. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. I think that want, like you want to do it really goes into it. Because I feel like like we're having a challenge that me and my Tret have a challenge with a friend that's going on right now. It's and like, for me, every day, I'm thinking like, how much do I want to do this, this fitness challenge? Mm -hmm. For me, I, last year, I started working out crazy amounts and I committed. I was like, hey, every once in a while, I'll give myself leeway. It's not the end of the world. But like you said, you get back onto that, that tract. And then for a lot of people, people ask me like, how do you have that control? Like, how do you, how do you gain that discipline? Like mm -hmm. for, for like being in a martial arts background, and just with art and your life experience, how would you say you gain that experience of discipline or maintain that discipline? I know it's like mindset, but like, how do you 
it, like, like, what do you tell yourself to say like, Hey, this is not gonna sway uh, me from what I need to do. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. That's kind of hard because I think in a lot of ways I was raised to think like that. <laughs> so it's not as much of a conscious thing for me. Um, and like any other, um, any personality test kind of thing that you have me take, I'm very, I guess, self-accountable and regimented anyways. <laughs> um, so, but it does, like, I do come across times when I don't want to do something. Um, I, I, I try and keep like the big picture goal in mind. So if it's, um, like if I'm working on a, an artistic commission or if I'm going to the dojo to train, it's not so much like, oh, I want to work on this thing right now. I would rather be doing something else or I, I want to train right now. I, I'm injured. I don't want to train right now. Um, but, you know, you have to like, but you do want that end goal. So kind of keep that in mind and like, pull it along with you um, because like discipline and commitment and uh, consistency is what's going to have your back when your passion is not there that day. Um, so I'm not sure if I quite answered your question. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no, you did that. You put, you phrased it in a really good way because you paired like three good things together: that discipline, consistency, and that, and the other one, I, for, I completely blanked out on. I had um, a little brain fart. I forgot. But like, no, it's all good. But it it really kind of pairs everything together, right? Because like you said, there are some days where you don't have that motivation to, to move forward. You're kind of, it's, it's a day where you just feel crappy. You're just yeah. there and you're like, I don't want to be here. My shoulder hurts. My arm hurts. My leg hurts. And it's just that day you're like, okay, like, the big picture is I want to be this fit or I want to get to this level or I want to, it's okay. If anything, I'm injured there, I'll avoid working that area and I can work on other things. Right. And sometimes it's, you might, we're using the analogy of going to the gym. Um, so I'll keep with that. Um, yeah, no you might go to the gym and um, you have a pretty bad workout. Like you're not, yeah. um, you, you get distracted a lot. You're on your phone oh, yeah, talking to true. your workout buddy, but, <laughs> uh, I mean, you still, uh, you still showed up at least. Mm. And then you get into that habit rather than getting into the habit of, Oh, I don't want to go. I'm going to stay at home because if you don't go at all, you're going to just get used to not going. But if you do go, you never know you may maybe once you get there and you get over your little hump of like lack of motivation and um you'll get into it a little bit more there's a higher chance that you'll actually do something if you're at least there right no it's very true it's like when i back then i took martial arts same thing Mm -hmm. i took a wing chun for a long time they made me hit boards on the wall all the time like my (laughs) finger hurts i don't want to go back like i'm done and then i'll but it, every day I was just like, hey, you know, I just go back. Maybe I could hit the board a little bit softer or like mm-hmm. something will happen. And then eventually that pain became, I, I won't say it pain exactly, but that <laughs> hurt became that motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you would hope like in the ideal scenario, you won't do anything like kind of 
like half-assed or like like not a hundred percent in it but sometimes you just can't show up that good um it's, it's funny that you brought that up because there is sometimes like uh when i was at a small business gym i'll watch somebody come in get fully dressed come out do maybe one set of bench and they're like and they i, I see him grab their stuff and walk out and they're like <laughs> they'll turn to me and they're like i don't have it today and they leave uh but you still give them props for showing up right like what you mentioned mm-hmm. like at least you got something and then i'll saw i'll see that guy come back the next day and he's there for an hour or two so you have your days it's a matter of like almost making you talk about habits uh making it easy for yourself to accomplish some things don't make it too hard on yourself um right. and you talk about motivation too as well like what keeps you motivated to keep going like i know there has to be something I think uh, it's a general outlook of self-betterment. Um, if somebody asks me what my religion is, usually I'll say, oh, I'm like Jodo Shinju Buddhist. That's what I was raised as and stuff. But I think higher than that, like that's like kind of maybe my casual religion. My real religion is like to karate. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. casual casual okay <laughs> yeah I, I mean which karate is informed by like certain buddhist teachings and stuff but in um at the dojo like there's a set of precepts that you say at the end of class every time and i think those are the same values that i was raised as um and still see as a life perspective. The first is uh, seek perfection of character. The second is be faithful, endeavor, respect others and refrain from violent behavior. But that endeavor piece is like really key, I think to um, how I see things. I, if you're going to pursue something, you know, go ahead and pursue it, but then like, like, don't you want to see how much better you could be able to do it? Like just try and push it a little farther or, and then then you get to that point and they're like, Oh, you know, I I think I could really like do it this way. And it would be like more interesting or it'd be, I would get technically better or I would learn this other thing. And it's sort of kind of like this uh, motivation that feeds itself um, and keeps you going. Um, So uh, it's like, yeah, the, the spirit of endurance or uh, continued work towards things. Um, I think that's a, it is like a maybe more Eastern philosophy, I guess. Um, I was watching like a car video and uh, there's a concept in Chinese culture that's, that's similar too. But yeah, that, the work isn't done. Um, you're always going to kind of push more. Speaking of working, I know you teach at your uh, family's uh, dojo. Mm -hmm. Uh, There has to be some funny stories when you're teaching. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Can you you tell us one? (laughs) We'll keep it to one. I know there's multiple. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, I think usually the funny stories happen when you're working with the kids. Um, I mean, adults are funny too, but they're not as entertaining because kids <laughs> do crazy Ooh. stuff. I, I agree. I agree. Kids are totally different. Yeah. Um, 
gosh. Um, okay, so since we're we were just talking about the dojo kun, the different precepts and stuff, this is a, a variation that you will hear often that the kids say because they haven't uh, gotten to the point where they can kind of really like, they're just like, um, unless you spend time with them, which their parents should be doing to explain what the words are, they're kind of just like repeating sounds, uh, especially if they're really young. So um, seek perfection of character is still the same. Be faithful instead of faithful. It's, it's still, you know, similar. Um, endeavor and respect others instead of respect others. And it's like, that is totally different. That has to do with like, uh, like, yeah, like cow, they're, they're like saying like cow udders, respect udders, and then refrain from violent behavior. And that, <laughs> that's like totally different. Um, <laughs> And then there's like, uh, we had a kid for a while who was like cocking loogies on the mat. And you're like, whoa, that is not okay. Stop that. Like, you don't do that inside anywhere. <laughs> Just <laughs> and then we're like barefoot and everything. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. No, kids do the darnest thing. Uh, the other day I was teaching, it was last night I was teaching and <laughs> They were on water break, so we sent them off to water break, and there's the best friend that will allow them to get water together because they always spend time together anyway, so that's fine. Uh, and I was talking to the class, and she called me over, the kids I was taking a break. Uh, she was like, Coach T, because Tret's kind of hard for them to pronounce, so I have them calling me Coach T, and she was like, could you talk a little bit quieter? I can't listen to my friend. <laughs> I was like, excuse me? <laughs> Said that again. Uh, and she said, she's like, Coach C, could you talk a little bit quieter? I can't hear George, my friend. And I was like, whoa. Well, maybe you guys need to stop talking and get back onto the class. Like, what is going on? Uh, but it cracked me up. She, she asked me politely. Um, but little yeah. things like that. I was like, you're four. But wow. Yeah. Hey, at least she was polite about it. She was polite. So I, yeah. I couldn't get offended. She was yeah. honestly asking me to quiet down so like she can hear her friend. <laughs> but, but in terms of environment, like Akemi said, like this is the environment. It's different. Uh, you yeah. just, it's a class. You come to my class and you tell me to be quiet. It's a weird thing. Like, right. um, <laughs> but kids, kids. Uh, yeah, I know. There's also the some we do like a small meditation before and after class it's like super short and you cannot get kids to keep their eyes closed through the whole thing and it's like maybe 10 seconds and you're like close your eyes like nothing is going on out here and they think something you know oh i don't want to miss it or i i, I can't i'm gonna watch everybody just sit and do nothing <laughs> Yeah, it takes one kid to do something and all will do the same. Oh, yeah. All of them will follow. Oh, that looked cool. And they're oh, everybody's going to do it. <laughs> no, kids do the funniest things. I've had I've taught kids where I would tell them to do like a horse stance or something for a, a while. And they would just one kid fell asleep. It cracked ah! me up. I, I'm like, how do you fall asleep? <laughs> like you're in the most uncomfortable stance ever. And he's like. I didn't sleep a lot, lot, lot last night. He just, he was just asleep. I'm like, I'm props to you. I'm like, I can't even sleep in that. But 
Yeah, that's like going a, to sleep. <laughs> like what? She's at a whole another level. I think there was a, <laughs> Milo fell asleep while while they were trying to meditate. They're they're super honest. That's what. Since we're on the topic of kids, they're super honest. I got corrected by one. I told him to put his jacket over there. He's like, it's not a jacket. It's a sweatshirt, and it's actually a sweatshirt. <laughs> and I was wrong. I was like, whoa! I just got. I just got corrected here, but Hey, you have to give it to them. They're on point in what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we, we talked about discipline. We didn't get so much into your art, but which we will. Um, and because there be future podcasts with you, of course, we talked about discipline today. We talked about um, control and every, and the balance of having all that. And of course your mm-hmm. long-term relationship and kids, you know, a little bit of everything. Yeah. And we, before we leave, we always want to have uh, um, our guests give our audience like one advice that we'll give to them before they head out. What would be yours? Uh, know yourself. I, I mean, that sounds like both very simple or completely unhelpful advice, <laughs> depending on <laughs> how you are. But um, you're really trying to have a good sense of what you what you're about, what you enjoy, what your interests are, what you're good at, what you're not good at. Um, and then uh, it'll, it'll inform how you pursue things or what you pursue. Um, and you can approach it with a lot more honesty um, and be able to see what your setbacks are. Or maybe you've been pursuing something for quite a while and then you're like, wow, yeah, like I actually have no interest in this at all and I'm not even good at it. Um, uh, So yeah, try and know yourself. Um, And if you are not really sure, I guess, of who you are, um, maybe experiment a little. Um, Personality, work, I guess, not like try and mold your personality but kind of you know there's there are tests and stuff out there that that tell you a little bit um ask uh people in your life who you trust and respect hey you know what do you think um like what qualities do you think i'm good at or um could you see me enjoying this thing um so trust the advice of people that you respect if you're not really sure um but yeah Know yourself, I think, would be what I, what I would say. Oh, straight to the point. No, we love good that. Advice. Yeah. No, it's really good advice because a lot of us go through life not knowing who we really are. Like that's the, the honest truth, mm-hmm. and we're too scared to go back to rediscover that. Yeah, that's why it was either helpful or totally not helpful. Yeah, no, I, 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 <laughs> see, I see what you mean exactly. And how can people find you, Kemi? Um, so I am on Instagram pretty frequently. Um, my athlete, uh, Instagram is a Kemi CT, A-K-E-M-I-C-T. Um, my artist account is the same, but with art at the end of it. So it's pretty easy. Uh, if you find one to find the other, as it will, um, I'll have a link in the bio, um, and then my website is tsuikunitake.com, T-S-U-T-S-U-I hyphen K-U-N-I-T-A-K-E.com. <laughs> yeah, no, I <laughs> appreciate you spelling it out because people are like, if they're like trying to look and they're like typing mid-type, what, what? <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and 
we'll make sure to have all of Kemi's description and all her links down in the description box for our podcast. Once you're there too as well, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And while you're there, please leave us a feedback on Hangout Talks and see how we're doing. Uh, love to hear from you. And we'll have all the links in the description. And we do have an Instagram for our Hangout Talks. So make sure to follow us at, at Hangout Talks. And if you were looking to reach out to us personally, mine is Mr. Good underscore all. Mine's Peter underscore the suit marketer. And we look forward to having everybody back on the next episode. Go out there, do what you do. I don't know what else, Kimmy. Um, th- I like that when you said um, discipline is pleasure. Discipline is pleasure. You know, is there like a whip, uh, whip sound or something there? There, there you go. Discipline <laughs> is pleasure. Thank you, everybody. See you soon. <laughs>